Welcome to our YouTube channel. As you take your time to listen to God's word with us, we hope and pray that this sermon will be a blessing to you as well as your family. Amen. I'm quite excited about today's word. And we have been into a series called Glorious Days. Right. And last week, Pastor Sam, he spoke about, you know, how uh, on the table, each one of them were prepared for their own wishes to do. Amen. And uh, if we can have that on slide and, and every day we, we, we are in this uh, thing called those holy days where the seven days marks for significant things that happen in the life of Jesus. And you know how it goes by. Next Sunday is Palm Sunday, the mighty entry, the triumphal entry. And then comes the Good Friday where Jesus is taken for trial and he's crucified on the cross. And the third day he rose again as a king of glory. We call that as the Resurrection Sunday. And between these weeks we try to fast. We try to be part of what God has been doing. And as a church we have planned the big read. Amen. And I really, really appreciate you and I really encourage you to be part of this. And today we're going to read about the Last Supper. The, the Last Supper that Jesus had with his beautiful friends and some more people. And we have been reading about this quite often and we know how this works. And some of you have been taking part in the communion we're going to go through that passage and we're going to read about it. Let's go to Matthew chapter 26 from 26 to 30. Matthew chapter 26 from verse 26 to 30. If it's up on the screen, shall we read it together? And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat this with my blood. Then he took the cup, sorry, eat this is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them saying, drink from it all of you. For this is my blood of the new covenant which is shed for many of the remission of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of wine from now on until the day when I drink it new with you in my father's kingdom. And they had sung a hymn and they went out to the Mount of Olives. So we are very sure about how the Last Supper happened. And you also have seen the picture of the Last Supper. There's a table. And there is Jesus sitting with very, I don't know why in all Last Supper, Jesus is sitting there with a very sad face. But I'm sure he, he was sitting there, you know, really excited because the word of God said he was looking forward. He says, I'm fervently looking forward for this meal with you guys. So I'm sure Jesus was happy in that moment. And every Last Supper picture has where John is sleeping on Jesus. And Peter is trying to talk to Jesus. Judas, is, he's got a, a you know, money bag with him. There's always this picture that they have shown us about Last Supper. And every week or in some, once in a month, we come before the table called the communion. Where Jesus instituted communion. He said, this is how you have to come together and you would do this in remembrance of me. And let me tell you, church, every time we approach this table of communion, we need to have a new appreciation every time we come before this. We need to have a new respect every time we come before this. You know, I, I, I know being in an experience of serving communion, I've seen people come into a very humble position. You know, they go like they bow their heads. They come before the communion very fearful. And they take this with so much of prayer. And you can really see that there will be like a divine thing about them. That's how holy they get as soon as they go like, oh, it's communion. I have to you know, keep it right. But you know what? On the other hand, communion has become common. It is very common. It's something that Christians, we do. And you know what? As Christians, this communion can never be common because this communion is part of our everyday life. It is not a one-day thing. 
It's not a one-week thing or once-in-a-month thing. This communion has such deeper meaning in our life that we need to provoke new respect. And it can never become common. And in our life, if we are not careful about our faith, our faith can become a common thing, which is not true. And Jesus institutes this communion so beautifully and so carefully. And there is always a unity in the Trinity. As you know, the God, the Father, God, the Son, God, and the God, the Holy Spirit, they are always working together, but they operate differently. And I'm sure you know about that. And this communion has a direct connection to Passover. Right, Jesus and his disciples says this, Passover, Lord, how shall we celebrate our Passover? And Jesus said, go find a place and there will be an upper room. And that upper room, there will be a furnished and prepared table. Let's go there and observe Passover. Passover was instituted by God the Father. He instituted Passover in Exodus chapter 12, where the Israelites were getting ready to leave Egypt. When nine plagues were done, and God is saying, I'm bringing the tenth one, and I want you Israelites to be prepared. On the day I'm going to pass through the houses where I'm going to take away the firstborn of Egypt, this is what you have to do. He said the Passover should be observed in a way where a lamb should be kept for 14 days, and it should be slaughtered, and the blood of that lamb should be applied on the doorposts on top and on the side particularly. God is so particular about his, you know, way of doing things. And he said, and that night when I'm passing over, all right, don't be afraid, enjoy a good meal. He said, slaughter the, you know, mutton. I don't know why I'm saying mutton. <laughs> the lamb. And he says, cook it, don't boil it, but burn it with fire, all right? Make sure... Your belt is tied on your hip, tight. Sit down with one leg lifted, with one knee lifted. Have a staff in your hand. And make sure that your sandals are right at your feet, being prepared. And he said, eat the whole meal in a hurry with some bitter herbs. And he said, you shall not leave even one single part of the lamb. God is instructing them to eat the organs, the meat, the bones. And he's saying, not even one should be left. You know, Tamil Nadu people, we follow that. From tail to brain to, you know, we do Passover. So God is giving careful instructions saying, do not leave even a single thing. And when the time came, and when the time came, the angel of God, or in the Bible says God himself, he passed through. When he saw the blood, he would walk away. And there was a sound of mourning in Egypt where people are crying because their first ones, the firstborn, are dying. And the next day, the Israelites were getting ready to leave. That's how Passover was instituted and here Jesus is instituting a communion. And on that day of Passover, all right, that's the day of Passover. But Israelites are supposed to celebrate it every single year. And this is how they're supposed to celebrate. They're supposed to have a plate and have all the meat, have the bitter herbs, and the head of the house will walk in. And he will have his belt tied around his waist. And he will have a staff in his hand. And he'll come and sit and here's the dialogues. The children will, have, will ask him, Daddy, why am I eating the bitter herb? Daddy, what happened? Why are we doing this? And then the father will say, once upon a time, when our forefathers were in Egypt, our God redeemed us from Egypt. He sent nine plagues. And the 10th plague did not harm us. Or even the entire plagues did not harm us. So that's how the conversation goes. And that's what Passover is about. Teaching the next generation of what the Lord has done. And here comes Jesus. His table of Passover was very simple. He only had a bread. And he only had wine. And this Passover did not have herbs. They were not ready about going anywhere. No one was dressed up with a staff in their hand. Uh, 
the, the Last Supper picture does not show us any staff in his hand, right? So he did not have any pass, uh, staff in his hand. His way of Passover looked very, very different. And he said, take this bread and eat it. This is my body. And he says, take this juice. This is my blood and drink of it. And, he start, and even before he did that, he spoke about the death. He predicted the death. And after that, he is saying, drink of this. And he's saying, this is my new covenant. Jesus was doing something beautiful on the table of communion. He wasn't saying as Christians, you'll be bored, you know, not doing anything. Just do this as a ritual. No. Every single detail about communion has such a deep meaning about it. You know, communion is a, is a visible faith God has given you. You know, you, can you see faith? Faith is something that is about unseen. Hope, you cannot see hope. Prayers, you speak and God hears it. So nothing about our spiritual life is visible. But do you know about communion? Jesus is saying, take the cup. Feel it. Take the bread. Touch it and taste it. Communion is a visible faith. Communion is a visible faith where you can touch it, you can feel it, and you can taste it and reminds you of what God did on the cross for us. It's a visible faith. And Passover was done to move. It was just one day before the move. So Passover was all about taking them into a new journey. And communion is still the same. It is taking us into a new covenant. It is taking us into a new kingdom where Jesus says, Until I meet you in the kingdom with my Father, I will not touch the wine. So this communion is not just for us to drink and just pray and just have some emotions going. But this communion is actually taking us to a place. Every single day reminding you that there is a kingdom that we have to prepare for. God's kingdom that we have to move into. And every Passover is observed by the head of the family. But you know what's the beauty about the communion? The beauty of the communion is that the Lord of the Passover was at the table. The Lord of the Passover. If you read Exodus, God is saying, I am the Lord of the Passover. And I'm going to you know, I'm going to do the work that, that I'm going to, uh, and that I've decided over Egypt. But here's Jesus. He's saying, I am going to sit at the table because I am the Lord of the Passover. Where his disciples didn't have to be worried about going and applying the blood on the doorpost or being dressed up as usual or anything like that. Because the Lord of the Passover was right there. And he was beautifully saying and doing things. And if you see, from Passover to communion, in between, there is another table that has been prepared. If you know Psalms 23, says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. And then it goes to say, The Lord prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. And he anoints my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. So God is actually preparing this table very intentionally. And Jesus said, I am your good shepherd. I am your good shepherd. And when the shepherd comes to the table, the sheep come to the table. And he's saying, I'm preparing a table in the presence of your enemies. Just like how God Prepared a meal for Israelites in the midst of their enemies. A table of triumph. And Jesus himself, where he prepared a table in the kingdom of Satan, where he took Jesus to the highest point and said, here's my kingdom. And Jesus said, I, thank you, I, I like your kingdom, but you know what? I have a table to prepare for my people. In the midst of your enemies. Jesus is always in the thing of preparing a way for us. And here are how it goes. The Lord of the Passover is here. And he is doing, you know, this, this you know, dialogues and all of that is going. 
But if you notice one thing that is not the same with Passover and communion, right? In Passover, God said, have the meat, have the herbs, and be ready like this. But in communion, we have the unleavened bread. Yes, the Passover also had unleavened bread. But where did this wine come from? Why did Israelite make it a thing to say, we're going to drink of the wine? Why did the ta why, table had any wine? Because Passover said nothing about wine, having wine on the table. So the Israelites made it a ritual thing to put four cups on the table. So they would put four cups on the table, in fact, five cups. And each cup has a name and it has a meaning. Each cup is poured on different timings. And Israelites are celebrating it even till now, just the same. They will have the wine. And this is called the cup of Kiddush. Kiddush means God of restoration. Where how God came into Egypt while Israel was a sub-nation inside a nation. Where they were a nation themselves, but they were under slavery in Egypt. Where God came into Egypt and he tried to restore the name of Israel. So he, so the Israelites would take one cup and they would pour this before the meal of Passover. And they will say, this is Kiddush. This means the Lord restored us. The Lord restored my name as Israel. And while they are eating the meal, they will pour the second cup. This is called Magit. Magit means the cup that is deliverance from all the plagues. While they were eating, there was a plague in operation. And they will drink this cup and say, while I'm eating this, God delivered me from all the plagues. And they will drink from it. Then comes the third plague. Sorry, the third cup. This cup is called Birkat Hamazon. Not Amazon. Hamazon. Birkat Hamazon. This cup means redemption. God redeemed us. So this cup is poured right after the meal. Right after they've eaten the entire lamb. Right after they have eaten the unleavened bread, they'll pour the third cup and they will say, God redeemed us and we're going to drink this. Then comes the fourth cup called the halal cup. Halal means praise, worship, giving glory to God. So they will finish the meal with the last cup that is called the halal cup. Church, I want you to give your careful attention. Jesus touched and stopped when it came to the third cup. When Jesus touched the third cup right after the meal, the cup of redemption. And he took that cup and he said, here, drink of this. Usually the Israelites will have their own cups to drink. But Jesus said, this is my blood, this is my cup, and you will drink of this. And they passed around the cup and they had it from the same cup. The cup that Jesus held was a cup of redemption. So I want you to understand, this table was not just a beautiful arrangement. It was not just a beautiful ritual, but there was power upon the table of communion. Even till now, there is power in the communion that we take. Because Jesus said, I have prepared this cup. The cup of redemption. And the cup that is going to take you into a new covenant. And he said, this is my blood. Where Jesus was predicting that it's going to be his blood that he's going to shed on the cross for us. There's redemption in this cup. And if you were you know, wondering, what is this fifth cup that is on the table? I'm going to just pour it out because the Israelites will always pour the juice in the fifth cup. 
and they will never touch it. The fifth cup is never touched. No one should touch it. No one should drink of it. So the fifth cup will be left alone. And at the end of it, the head of the house will pour the wine away, wipe it off, keep it for the next year. That's what the fifth cup does. Before we go into the fifth cup, let me talk to you about how this bread and this wine, how this table of communion brings redemption and restoration in our life. We always come and take part in this bread, the unleavened bread, where what it is as it is. Jesus was so excited about this communion, about this day. You know, I was wondering, Jesus could have done this on any other day. Jesus could have broke the bread on any other day and said, this is my, this is my body, eat of it. But very profoundly, Jesus said, eat of this which is unleavened. The unleavened bread speaks about purification. It talks about purity, being sanctified, where it is not fermented, where it is not destroyed. It, it, it is, it is, it, the shape of it is not changed because it is contaminated. And you know what? Egyptians are known to be the first one to discover leavened bread. They were the ones who actually found the leavened bread. And God on the day of Passover said, I am restoring your name. I am restoring your fame. And you know what? I don't want you to be eating the leavened bread that they have been giving you as slaves. But here I am giving you a different taste. Giving you a different taste of what it feels like to be redeemed and to be restored. And God is saying, my people, this is a sign of purity. I am sanctifying you. And in the same way, Jesus is saying, I am going to take the whole world's sin upon me. I'm going to take the sin of the world upon me. Before that, I am sinless now. Here's my body. Here's my body. Eat of it. And, and this taste was just for the Israelites where they ate it and they drank and they know how the Lord would have redeemed you. But now God is saying, I am going to give you a taste of redemption to the Gentiles. He said Passover is just for the Israelites, but here comes a new covenant. Here comes a communion where anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord can taste redemption. Their name will be restored. Their name will be put back where God has called them to be. God is restoring us. Every time you come and take part in this communion, it's a form of restoration. Where if we have lost our name in this world, where God is saying, I am restoring you. I am sanctifying you. I am purifying you because you have a journey to God's kingdom. Every single day, we are taking our way to God's kingdom. Another beautiful thing about this communion is that there is healing in this table. There is healing in this table where in Psalms it says, I have prepared a table. You have prepared a table in the presence of my enemies. My cup runneth over and you anoint my head with oil. Anointing your head with oil means healing. Healing. And if you have read the Passover passage, it says when people, the Israelite people, when they left Egypt, not even one were feeble. Not even one were sick. There were no people found who were feeble when they left Egypt. There was something about this Passover meal. That as they ate it, there was strength given to them. There was divine healing given to them that they had all the energy to move on. Now this table, this communion has the same power to heal us in our spiritual life, in our bodies. That's why Paul says if we take this in an unworthy manner, some of us have fallen sick. Some of us have fallen asleep because we have been coming before this communion with unworthy manner. 
this table has healing in our mind and in our restoration. In our spiritual life, things can hurt us. Things can discourage us. But when we come before this communion, this table, this communion, it heals us. It redeems us. It heals our body. It heals our mind. This table has the healing. And last but not the least, this table, the power of this table is that you have a lifetime insurance of God's goodness and mercy assured. Where it says, you, you anoint my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow us all the day of my life. So this table, when God sees that blood, when God, see, when God saw that, he said, I'm going to be merciful on them. We see so many elements on the communion. But let me tell you, the most two important things about communion and Passover, the elements were God the Father and God the Son. They were the more important people of the you know, Passover element and even here in the communion. Where all those ritual things was done, but, but the real work was done by God the Father where he saw the blood and he said, I'm going to decide to show mercy upon them. I'm going to decide to show mercy upon them. And when Jesus said, here's my blood, drink of this, because no longer is the blood just on the outer, but the blood of God is going to start living inside you. The blood of Christ is operating inside us. And it is upon us that every time God looks upon you, he says, I'm going to be good to you. I'm going to be gracious to you all the days of your life. I'm going to be favorable and my mercy is going to be new every single day. I don't know, we wake up to God's mercy every single day and we think it's so easy. Being nice is God's thing. You know, every time you wake up, God looks at you and only the blood of Jesus is like telling him like, don't, no, 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 God, don't. Don't, don't harm this person. <laughs> and we're like, ah, oh, good morning, and uh, God is good. We don't realize God is holding things back because the blood does not just be upon us, but it is living within us. This communion makes God's goodness and his favor follow us. That we get to live in his mercy every single day. And this table calls you out for redemption, for restoration, for healing, and God's goodness. God's goodness. And tell me, let me tell you, the Passover was held and to say what the Lord has done. But communion is to say that God's work has been fulfilled. I am so glad that I am part of this table. I'm so glad that I take part in this table because I'm not just part of what God has done, but I am part of what the fulfillment of God is. Christ fulfilled the work of God in the table of communion. He's saying, come, come, you are unique and you are special because the Lord of the table, Jesus himself, he completed the will of the Father where he became the remission, where Jesus became the only element of communion that his body, that his blood brought forth the redemption and the restoration that his people needed. Aren't you glad that you're part of this table? Aren't you part of this table? And let me tell you, Jesus went to observe Passover in another person's house. Where there was a head. That house had a head. And it says in Mark chapter 14 verse 27, I guess it says, The table was prepared and furnished and ready. I believe that family was, you know, getting ready to celebrate Passover. Maybe the head of the house, he was putting his costumes up and he's like, Ah, oh, today is my day. You know, I'm going to have some respect and I'm going to do this. You know, he had his moment where Jesus came and he said, I know that you have been in charge of this table. Today, can I put my hands on this table? 
today can I become the Lord of this table? And when, it, when that happened, the whole meaning of celebrating Passover and commun communion changed. Changed. I don't know how much you have been in control of your table. I know how much you've been in control of your life where you're coordinating and arranging things. And God is saying, can you take your hands off the table? Where I want to come and dine in and I am the Lord of this Passover. And when I come in, everything changes. Everything changes. Church, I want to tell you, take your hands off the table. Let me see your hands. Take your hands off the table. Would you just take your hands and say, okay, okay. My hands are off the table. Say, the Lord of the Passover come. And you come and dine here. The Lord of the table, you come. Your life is a beautiful table that is laid by God. And things are going to change. And transformation is going to happen when you allow the Lord of the table to come and touch things. Where he is going to change meanings of what it means. This juice was just a juice for the Israelites. This wine was just a juice for the Israelites. But when the Lord of the table came, he said, this is my blood of redemption. Let me tell you, church, when you take your hands off the table, God is going to come and change the meaning of your life. God is going to come and change the meaning of your tribulations. God is going to come and change the meaning of your sickness. God will, Jesus will come and change the meaning of, the, of your life. Allow the Lord of the table to come and dine. In the Passover, God said, do not, eat, do not leave even a single part of the lamb. He said, you have to eat Every single bit. And it applies to the same thing. Where we take Jesus as our savior. Maybe because he held the third cup of redemption. We say, he's my redeemer. He is my savior. Yes, he is my God. Yeah, yeah, I, I take him as my savior. My Lord and my savior. But God is saying, the Bible says, take Jesus as your all. He was the lamb that was slain for us. And God said, eat every single bit. So Jesus is not just your savior of your sad times. Jesus is not just the savior of your sin. But he is the Lord of our life. Where he is in every aspect of our life. The Lord of the table is not just a savior because he gave you just redemption and shed the blood. But God is saying, eat it all. Take Jesus completely. Take him as the Lord of your life. We love Jesus so much that sometimes we lose the focus on the purpose of Jesus. Sometimes we lose the focus on purpose of Jesus. The only time... We feel sinful. We say, Jesus, come to my rescue. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I want you. But would you every morning, would you wake up and say, you are the Lord of my life. Can you lead it as it, go, it should go? The Lord of this table is ready to be Lord of our life completely in and out. And every time we take part of this table, the power of this table is imparted into our lives. Is imparted into our lives. You know why? You know why how this communion is still operational? How the power is still felt? Let's come to the mystery of the fifth cup. This cup, never touched by the Israelites every single Passover. And this cup is always a mystery because this is a cup of Elijah. This is called the cup of Elijah where every Passover they will pour this fifth cup and they will say Elijah will come and he will lead us to our Messiah. Because he is such a reputed uh, prophet in Israel, 
Israelites still think that he is going to come and he is going to lead them to the Messiah. And this is a cup of expression of redemption. Where Elijah is going to, one day he's going to just walk out or walk into one of their houses and he's going to touch that cup and drink it and lead the entire Israelite to the Messiah so that redemption will happen. No one has ever touched it. No one is allowed to touch it. But Jesus had a cup given to him on the garden of Gethsemane. A cup that is never touched by man. A cup that cannot be fulfilled. A cup that cannot be drunk by any man. But Jesus saying, Lord, if it's your will, would you remove it? This fifth cup is called the expression of redemption where you really have to show how to be redeemed. That was given for Elijah. The expression of redemption. And Jesus said, I will gladly take this because I am going to show the world what redemption will really look like. There is pain. There is sacrifice. There is mocking. Everything that was saved in these four cups was destroyed in this cup. And God is saying, my son, this is your cup. This is your cup. We are going to become sinful. Where God said, I have sanctification for you. Where I have sanctification for you. Where this cup is a cup of taking the whole sin of this world. And God is saying, this is a cup of, re- of deliverance. But this cup where God turned his face away from his son. This cup has redemption. Where you're redeemed. But Jesus said, I will go to the grave. I will take the death on me. So that you will have new life. And this cup has praise and worship while this cup where they mocked him where they slapped him where they spat on his face the expression of redemption is not easy the expression of redemption did not look nice and this fifth cup was not just reserved for Elijah to come and say, here's your savior. But the savior was right at the table and said, I'm going to take that cup for you. Drink all of this. I will take this. I will take this. So that one day, because this cup is drunk, it is fulfilled. So all of this will come to life. So all of this will come to life. Because Jesus took the cup of the wrath of God. The restoration is still in operation. Because Jesus took the fifth cup and said, I am going to be beaten up. I'm going to take the wrath of God when my body is going to be broken into pieces. And that's why this this cup of deliverance is still operational in our life. And Jesus said, I'm going to lose connection with my father, which is impossible. All the days of his life, he's always stayed connected with his father. But at that moment when the sin of the world was upon him, he lost that restoration. He couldn't be redeemed. And he took that cup gladly. And that's why even today, you feel redeemed by the blood of Jesus. And Jesus said, I'm going to take this cup because there's mockery in it. People are going to slap me. People are going to push me down. They're going to make me naked. I'm going to lose my praise. I'm going to lose my worthiness. No one's going to call me Rabbi, Rabbi, great are you, Hosanna. I had that, but I'm going to lose that. Just because even now when we lift up praises, reaches to heaven. Even till now that we can raise our hands and say, glory to God. Glory to God in the highest. That we clap our hands and say, freedom. Happy day, what a happy day. 
that the praise of God is worthy when it comes from your mouth. And God gladly accepts that because Jesus took this cup. And it didn't just go into going downtown, but that cup was drank for good and all of that was changed into meaning where he rose upon the third day where he rose upon the third day and where the spirit of God the spirit of resurrection came alive came alive that even today the person the person of resurrection is still alive that all of these things are activated in our life even till now even till now so church I don't know how you see this communion I don't know how you have taken part in this communion. But today, I really pray the meaning of communion will change in our lives. And what it really meant for God to raise a cup, for Jesus to raise a cup and say, drink of this. This is my blood. And what it really meant when Jesus said, I have broken my body for you. And don't just come before this table with an attitude of saying, Palm, Jesus died on the cross for me. And I'm going to be part of it. No. Come before this table with the assurance that this power of this table will be imparted in your life. That there is victory on this table. That there is restoration on this table. That there is healing in this table. And as you take part in this communion, God's goodness and mercy is assured in our life. That's the meaning of this communion. Shall we stand up to our feet? Shall we stand up to our feet? I believe that God has given you a new conviction, a new mindset of what it really means to come before the table of God. When Jesus instituted communion, it was not just to be a ritualistic thing. But this communion is a visual faith. It's a visual faith where you can taste what it felt like to be redeemed. Where you taste what it feels like to be restored. When you eat, you know what it feels like to be healed. And when you taste it, you know that God is good and His mercy is over my life. Can we adapt into this new understanding of communion, the Lord's table? And Jesus does not just remain as the Lord of the table. As you come before this communion and approach this and eat of it, He becomes the Lord of your life. He's becoming the Lord of your life. And He's ready to change the meaning of your life. This communion calls you out. This communion calls you out where you leave your old self and you step outside and say, I am coming for redemption. Where it means I have lost my identity, I am not able to restore myself, but I'm stepping out into a new identity. This communion calls you out into new goodness and mercy where you say, I doubt God's goodness and mercy. But I'm going to step out into that doubt and I'm going to say, I believe that God is gracious and His mercy endures forever. You are stepping out where this table is a calling, where this table is a call out to you. It says, I have redemption, I have restoration, I have healing and God's goodness is here. Would you come and be part of this communion? I don't know how you have walked towards communion all these days, but today I want us to walk with saying, I am going for the call. I am ready for the call. I am ready for the call. In Passover, God says, eat the meat and hurry. Hurry up, be quick. Keep your sandals ready. And church, I want to tell you, when the communion calls out to you, be in a hurry to come and grab it. 
be part of it. Do not let the lies of the Satan take, make you take a seat back and say, today I sinned. No, this week I was not a very good person. So I'm not sure if I can be part of it. But the table says, I'm calling out for restoration. Just come as you are. Just come as you are. Do not let this calling pass you by. And that is what this table is arranged. Today I want to ask you, what is your response towards this table? The table that was prepared for us. And it is prepared in the midst of our enemies. In the midst of our doubts. In the midst of our downfall. It is prepared even till now as we battle this world. Every single day God is preparing this table for us in the middle of our enemies. And all that you have to do is just come be part of it. And don't try to be the Lord of the table because there's already a Lord of the table. Do not try to be the head of this table. Let the Lord of the table come and do his work. If you have taken the responsibility of sorting out your life, I'm sorry, my friend. I'm going to tell you, you're going to fail. You cannot sort things out. You need the Lord of the table to come and sort things out for us. Take your hands off. Take your hands off and say, Lord, would you come? Lord, would you come and change the meaning for me? Lord, would you come and restore me? I want to take my hands off. I want to take my hands off. And 1 Corinthians chapter 11 from 27 to 30, it says, If any one of us, therefore whoever eats this bread and drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner, eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. If you haven't examined yourself, if you don't know what this table means, we haven't been worthy of this blood and this bread. God is saying, just understand what this table holds. Just understand what it awaits for you and come before with a conviction. Come before with a conviction, knowing this table is prepared for my restoration. That there is redemption still alive. That there is still healing. That God's goodness and mercy will still follow me. Come before this table with that conviction. Because the more you approach this table with a wrong understanding, Paul says, many of you have fallen asleep. It doesn't mean death. It just means the spiritual awakening is gone. Where no matter what God is doing in your life, it will never make sense to us. Because we do not understand the true call of this communion. And that's why we question our life. That's why we question our faith sometimes, not knowing what this bread and this wine means. Today, church, I want you to come before this table with a new conviction. I want you to accept the power of this table. Where Jesus raised the third cup and said, Redemption is yours. It is given. It is given. Let me tell you a powerful thing. The blood was asked to apply on the doors and the sides and on the top. But never on the bottom, on the threshold. You know why? There is no power to give, is given to anyone on this earth who can step on it, even an angel. Even an angel cannot step or cross across the blood of Jesus. Even an angel was not given the authority to go past the blood of Jesus. And here God is saying, this blood is living within you. And there is no power in this world that ever, that can ever overpower this blood that lives in you. 
there is nothing too strong, there is nothing too powerful that can overthrow the power of this blood. Not even the angels. Not in the angels. Not even the wrath of God. Not even the wrath of God. And let me tell you, I see powerful people standing in front of me. I see powerful people standing in front of me. Because you are not just a person who, who observed the Passover, but you're the, you're the people who ate and drank the blood of Jesus, where the body and the blood of Jesus lives within you. You live in the fulfillment of what Jesus did on the cross. So you are so powerful. Do not be scared of financial recessions. Do not be scared of people who dominate you. Do not be scared of people who are doing witchcraft against you. Do not be scared of people who challenge you. Do not be scared of the challenges that, that comes in your business or your education or your family. Stand strong and say, the blood of Jesus lives within me. And there is nothing too powerful to overtake this. There is nothing too powerful to overtake this. I want to give you some time, church. I want to give you some time. Are you ready to make the Lord of the table the Lord of your life? And say yes as the table calls out for restoration, for redemption and healing and a new covenant and a new covenant. I want you to take some time. I want you to take some time and come before this table saying, God, I am ready to receive the restoration. I am ready to receive the blood. I am ready to receive the healing. And I want to see God's goodness and mercy in my life. In my life. I'm going to ask you to put this table on the floor. And this table is going to be open for all today. And no one is going to come and serve it to you. This table is calling out for restoration. This table is calling out for redemption. This table is calling out for deliverance. This table is calling out for healing. This table is calling out for the mercy of God. And I want you to just step outside and say, I believe in the power of this communion. And I want to be part of the power of this communion. Thank you for listening to our sermon today. We hope it was a blessing for you as well as your family. If you would like to support our ministry, you can do so by visiting kingcdchurch.com forward slash give. And we will meet you next week with another inspiring sermon. God bless you.